Hi, welcome to Panel Breakouts, mini-episodes between Unstable Molecules podcasts, which take a quick peek at early Marvel comics and comic history. I'm Gary Hollingsby, and I've begun looking at the comics that fed into the Marvel style and launched at Superhero Universe in the early 1960s. Recently, I've been looking at Goodman Company's publications aimed at girls in the 1950s, and tracing the influence that they had on early Marvel superhero comics. When sales of superhero comics virtually collapsed after the Second World War, creators Joe Simon and Jack Kirby worked widely in other genres. One of their big successes was a short-lived comic called My Date for Hillman Periodicals, whose first issue had a July 1947 cover date. Much like Archie and Patsy Walker, My Date is a teen humour comic centred around Swifty Chase, a better-looking Archie Andrews with an interest in invention, a love for the beautiful sunny day, and rivalry with Snubby Schema, a male version of Hady Wolf. As interesting as the comic is, this episode isn't about My Date, which only lasted four issues. We're starting there because My Date included a love story told in the first person, in the style of pulp romantic fiction that had been popular from the early 1920s. In the back half of each issue was a story called My Date, which was supposedly unusual dates as told to Jean Anne Marie Martin, My Date's young people's counsellor. It invited readers to write in with their own stories that could be turned into pictures. And judging by the actual stories, which are pretty unrealistic and similar to the over-the-top soap opera antics of other teen humour comics of the time, and the fact that My Date ceased after only four issues, I'm doubtful about how real these letters actually were. Perhaps it's the confessional nature of My Date that inspired Simon and Kirby to produce Young Romance, which stated on its front cover that it was designed for the more adult readers of comics. Trina Robbins in From Girls to Girls, which is a fantastic history of American female comics, points out that the banner may have said adult, but stories with torrid titles like I Was a Pickup, Backdoor Love and You're Not the First promised more than they delivered. There was no mention of sex. Girls got bad reputation from kissing too many men. Nevertheless, the cast of characters in the Simon and Kirby comics were down and dirty, literally. The working class hero might be an auto mechanic and the heroine a waitress. The most a woman in those early love comics could aspire to was the position of nurse or private secretary. And they always gave it up anyway to get married and become housewives. Joe Simon's 1990 memoir, The Comic Book Makers, describes Kirby and Simon seeing a group of at least a dozen teenage girls in bobby socks gather around the newsstands rifling through the pages of the newly arrived Young Romance No. 1, giggling and squealing with delight. I hope they put out more of these, claimed one of the girls. The others agreed with shrill sounds. Jack and I were as excited as the girls. The success of my date, which enabled Simon and Kirby to negotiate a cut of 50% of profits for Young Romance with Crestwood, turned out to be a great move for the two. Issue 1 of Young Romance sold 92% of its print run, and by its third issue, tripled its run. The immediate success led to spin-off titles by Simon and Kirby, like Young Love, Young Brides, and In Love, to the point that at their height in the early 1950s, their titles were selling somewhere over 4 million copies a month. Other companies, including Timely, who were first with My Romance in August 1948, also published their own love titles. 
One in five comics published in 1949 were romance titles. And according to comics historian Michelle Nolan in the first half of 1950, a new romance comic was published every other day. Sales figures for 1950 showed that females aged from 17 to 25 were reading more comics than males. But this love glut wasn't sustainable, and something like 100 titles were cancelled in the second half of 1950. But there was a continuing demand, and still, in 1952, one in six of all comics published was a romance title, which more or less continued until the introduction of the Comics Code Authority in 1954. Issue 1 of Young Romance has a definitely misleading cover. We're told that this is designed for the more adult readers of comics in a band running under the title. The words adult and comic are enlarged. In the lower right-hand corner, we're informed that these are all true love stories. And we have a scene which will come to define the romance genre, the love triangle. Here's showing an artist being seduced by a model while his sis- by her sister, his fiancée, watches sobbing in a doorway. It's not the first story in this issue, though. In fact, this torrid scene doesn't appear in any of the stories. But it's an effective melodramatic hook, though. Art in this issue seems to have been mostly Kirby and a studio artist called Bill Drought, who later worked on Marvel's Romance and War titles in the 60s and DC's Mystery and War titles in the 70s. And it has Joe Simon providing most of the inks. There are five stories and one prose piece, which is called... Diary of a Doubtful Damsel. And believe me, the title is much better than the tale. The first story, I Was a Pickup, is drawn by Kirby as Simon Inking. It's a hard-hitting 13-page story about a sheltered girl who's brought up by a restricted grandmother and becomes involved with unsavoury men after she's picked up as she walks along the street wearing her delinquent mother's old dress. Kirby introduces some action, and there's a, a brilliant sequence where the police raid a roadhouse. It all works out fine at the end, with the girl agreeing to marry a gangster gone straight. It has a great opening splash page, with the narrator being uncomfortably accosted in a red convertible. It's actually an effectively paced piece that shows the influence of movie editing on Kirby quite clearly. The Farmer's Wife, possibly by Bill Drought, is described as piffle by comics historian Michelle Nolan. It features a young nurse who marries an older patient she cares for, but is unsatisfied by his sedate middle-aged lifestyle. Nolan's right, the story is pretty awful. There's even a sequence where her conscience talks to her in the form of a weird cartoony character with a stick. Misguided Heart by Kirby is much better. June Collins, a factory worker, ignores the clearly superior Sherman Sherman, because he works alongside her and instead focuses her attentions on Carl Benton, the boss's arrogant but cowardly son. Not only do we get factory floor romance, but also a machine accident and a dramatic punch. I like the art on Misguided Heart the most in the issue, and it shows off Kirby really well. I'm more or less convinced that Kirby inked Misguided Heart himself. It's possible that the very straightforward colouring helps. The plight of the suspicious bridegroom is by drought, And it's a weird story, almost like an EC comic. involves a strange, voyeuristic bellhop who recounts the supposed cheating of a woman on floor 17 of an apartment block. The odd artwork involves viewing the bellhop from the inside of eyes of the person he talks to. There's an unsettling, cruel humour in the piece that just isn't funny. 
It's just weird. And the final story, Summer Song, which is drawn by Kirby and Simon Inking, is another account of a working class woman called Jenny Porter, who casts aside the dependable man in her life for the allure of someone richer. It all centres around a yacht club at a seaside town, and on the contrast between Chuck Haley's old jalopy and Rick Carson's expensive convertible. The old summer song is a piece of music that plays as a motif in the story. And we also get what is possibly the first panel of a sobbing young woman in a romance comic, when Jenny Porter realises that the rich man she's fallen for thinks she's vulgar and ordinary. What she learns that summer is, in effect, stick to your own class. While the issue doesn't quite live up to its claims to be an adult comic, it isn't without its own soapy, melodramatic charm, even 70 years later. So what did the influence of Simon and Kirby's brand of romance have on early Marvel comics? Firstly, there's realism. The women are generally working-class types who sometimes interact with upper-class men with ruinous outcomes. Working men are taken for granted, outrightly spurned and ultimately shown to be dependable. There's the action that Kirby brings, both in the physicality and the way that men grab at women in his stories. And later, you think about how Namor grabs at Sue Storm in Fantastic Four. And in the dramatic fights he includes... What immediately sets a Simon and Kirby love comic like Young Romance apart is the movie-like noir plotting and panelling. The heroes are blue-collar muscular types. Think of Marlon Brando. And the women are like Joan Crawford, Barbara Stanwyck or Gloria Swanson. Kirby's characters are clearly derived from cinema. I can't think of any early Marvel comic, with the possible exception of the very first Ant-Man stories, that don't involve this sort of Simon and Kirby romantic element. No doubt part of this is due to Kirby being involved in Marvel at the very beginning. And it creates a very stereotypical romance comic type of heroine in the early comics. Sue Storm, Betty Brandt, Pepper Potts, Betty Ross, Jane Foster, who all seem to think that their personal happiness comes from the love of the right man. And the, and the biggest problem for them in life is choosing the right man. Thanks for listening. Until next time, this has been Panel Breakouts, a mini-podcast about the comics that lay the foundations for the early Marvel superhero universe. <laughs> ¶¶